Hello, welcome to the First Issue Club comic book podcast, officially sponsored by Boulevard Brewing Company, Yum, Space Camper IPA. Drink it down and be taken to another plane of existence. We've got two books we're going to be talking about this week, Frontiersman on Image and He Who Fights with Monsters on a Blaze. We've been covering more Blaze stuff lately. We have. They've been kind of uh, marching up the charts of relevance here for us. Stepping up their game. Blaze and Bohemoth starting to Mm -hmm. make their ways into my short boxes. Before we get the show started, can we have a moment of silence? I don't know if we can because my dog's barking in the background. (laughs) This week, Doctor Strange passed away. So sad. We're never going to see Doctor Strange again, so we'll have a quick moment of silence. That's it. Rip. We'll never see him again, or will we? We will. Yeah, probably next week. (laughs) We can move on with the show now. Uh, He's going to be in Defenders. Yeah. Well, quick spoiler, I did read the the death of Doctor Strange. If you don't want to hear it, skip 15 seconds. The zinger is... Doctor, a Doctor Strange comes through a portal and he goes, tell me what year it is. Uh, that's fun, though. Yeah, kind of cool. I little, like that. little time caper. <laughs> this It reminds me a lot of the death of Mrs. Fantastic, and you find out that their maid is an aged Sue Storm from mm-hmm. the future, and that Sue Storm dies, and you're just like, oh, fucking come on. Seriously, boo. <laughs> Which is why I give such high praise to DC for Alfred remaining dead. Right. As I mean, long as he has, come on, that's great. It's I I fully expect a cyborg, you know, Alfred to show up eventually yep. with a weird nanotech skin. Right. And we'll just say, okay, that's robot Alfred. He can't get wet. The fact that he's been gone for 30 plus issues is phenomenal. Yeah. 30 plus mainline Batman issues, right. not counting tie-ins or other, you know, DC books. Yep. So pretty buck wild. Way to go, DC. Way to go, DC. Showing some self-restraint. Also, Scarlet Witch is dead. <laughs> What what is Marvel doing? It's killing all their MCU heroes. <laughs> Those are the headlines, dude. I'm so annoyed with the death of Scarlet Witch thing because it's like you could bring her back. Yeah, we've solved death in the X Men. I think we've just solved death in comic books. Oh, period. Right. <laughs> uh, did you hear this? That in November 14th or 12th, one of those days, is officially Disney Plus Day. What does that mean? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Disney Plus is going to have like a special event on Disney Plus where they're going to showcase all their upcoming shows uh-huh. for the next coming years. Okay. So we're going to get upcoming Marvel trailers, Star Wars trailers, like Pixar, all kinds of stuff. Okay, cool. Because if you remember last year, they had the like investors meeting yeah. where millions of people watched a, a like Excel spreadsheet PowerPoint thing. Uh-huh. Just to get to the trailers, and they're just like, "Wait a minute, there's a uh, better way to do better this. way to do this because we don't <laughs> want these fans watching, you know, a real corporate meeting." Totally. So it's like in lieu of doing all your trailers mm-hmm. at San Diego Comic Con or something, right? They're just putting them on Disney Plus, which is kind of what DC's doing with DC Fandom, yeah, their own like uh, Comic Con event, which makes me speculate that San Diego Comic Con doesn't have as much clout as it used to right everyone's taking stuff to their own streamers and platforms which is what you'd want to do yeah it's good for those corporations Uh bad for san diego comic-con right totally because that for the longest time hall h was the biggest fucking deal on the planet that's where all the shit dropped people have told me though that san diego was one of the worst comic cons they've been to because it's all just lines and waiting an entire day to get into one panel. Yeah. Or sitting, or maybe you get into a hall that has a panel and you have to sit through like three things that are irrelevant to you. Mm-hmm. Podcast you've never heard of that you're not a fan of. 
That's like doing trivia. Yeah. <laughs> like us. And uh, they bomb because the people aren't fans of them. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it'd be great if their fans could get in, but they can't because they're waiting for DC to show up next to yeah. do movie trailers. Give us your trailers. It's like, <laughs> no, we're doing fucking podcasting right, right now. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like- Maybe it'll get better for fans. I hope so, because I feel like for the longest time, the San Diego Comic-Con has been kind of taken over by like media outlets. Totally. Trying to get the scoop before anybody else. Yep. So I've never heard of anyone going to San Diego Comic-Con to buy comics. Right. You know, like we go we go to Planet in C2E2, because they have just gobs and gobs of comics Exclusive to buy. covers. Yes. All kinds of crazy shit. Great creators that are selling things that you can only get at the convention. It's awesome. Yeah. And even like New York Comic Con does that still. Yeah. They haven't been like a big pop culture thing yet. Mm-hmm. But it's packed as fuck. Yeah. So many people in that one. Yeah. So I, I that's why I'm just like not wanting to ever go to those. Like I'm being invited <laughs> to go to them anyways, but like I could care less about going to San Diego. C2E2 is the perfect speed for me because it's just massive. There's a lot of people, mm-hmm. and but it's not so insane that you right. can't walk into a panel. It is It is so spread out, like kind of everything in the Midwest mm-hmm. where it's like, it's like in an old airplane hangar. It's like gigantic. Yeah. And so there's so much room. There's so many vendors. Uh, you're We got press passes this year, yep. which is pretty dope. Yep. So we'll be there. Um, can't wait. So if you're up there in C2E2, let us know, and um, that that'll, that'll be it. We're not going to meet up. We'll just we want to we know that you're there and safe. <laughs> we actually have done that before. We've done meetups at uh, yeah, it's some awesome. places, and they're, they're, it's awesome to meet you guys. So mm-hmm. I'm just teasing. Yeah, but uh, what, that's but yeah, the Disney thing. I think that's really exciting for me because I want to see hopefully some Moon Knight footage, some She-Hulk footage. I can't wait to see what the story with She-Hulk is. Yeah. I'm uh, really excited for that one. Fucking jazz. And I yeah, I can't wait to see like what era they put it in and obviously it's going to be like modern day mm-hmm. when it's filmed but like storyline wise are they putting in I think they're going to Dan Slot route. Oh hell yeah. We'll probably She-Hulk. get Pug. Yeah. And some of those other people. I wonder if those roles have been cast and you can check them out on IMDb. I'll have to look at that after we record. I haven't heard of any castings except mm-hmm. for Titania. Oh. She's been cast. Really? Okay. Yes. Awesome. And then, obviously, She-Hulk, and that's yep. all I've heard about. Mm-hmm. I think Bruce Banner's going to be in there, so okay. we'll see some of um, oh, what's Mark his Ruffalo. butt. Yeah, yeah. But Great. that's all I know. I love it. I'm glad I was able to pass that on to you. Other than that, Legionnaires is coming out. It's a new X-Men book. It's mm-hmm. like the team that Nightcrawler forms with like Juggernaut and all that. It's too much. Slow it down. And now that we're doing the, have you read any of the Marvel Unlimited exclusives yet? Mm, I haven't, no. Yeah. Have you? Several. And? Um, it's funny because you can tell they're all like, oh, let's play with the format of like long scrolling mm-hmm. books. And so a lot of them have characters like falling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the one thing you can do. Hell yeah. With these like long scrolls is like, oh no, he fell in another hole. That's incredible. Like the Jonathan Hickman one, like Wolverine has fallen down like eight shafts already. <laughs> It's just lousy with shafts, this guy. Like, another one? Wow. <laughs> he needs to watch out where he's going. This is something he's bonking off tons of walls. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of fun. They're they're a lot shorter than I expected. I thought they were going to be more like uh, regular length comics exclusively for the platform, but they're short run. When you probably put maybe four or five of them together, they about make a normal length comic. 
Um, Mark Russell, I think, wrote one for Black Widow recently. Mm, okay. That was kind of a fun one-off. Um, the Kelly Thompson one that's the... Jeff the Shark. Jeff the Shark is just like a cute all-ages thing with, sure. without uh, words. It's just funny scenarios he gets in. Oh, okay. Cute. The Jonathan Hickman one is just fun adjunct stuff that I, I don't feel like you really need it or it's essential to understanding all the other X-World stuff. All right. Well, should we get this podcast started? Let's do it. First up, yes. we're going to be talking about Frontiersman by Kindlin and Ferrari. Frontiersman has a guy with a big F on his chest on the cover. Or Frontiersman. I, I love that the coonskin cap is like a mask, too. It's a funny take on a superhero, like mm-hmm. these outdoorsy types. <laughs> it reminds me of like well, like Nick Offerman would play him in a movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Uh, Frontiersman is a retired superhero mm-hmm. that lives out in the woods. I uh, want to say the Pacific Northwest. Sounds right. Because he's surrounded by redwoods. And some environmentalist hikes out into the woods, finds him, mm-hmm. and says, hey, we want you to join our cause to save the redwoods. Yes. Is that a superhero comic? I it, pose this question to you. That is, uh, I was worried you are going to do that because this is forcing me to put my thinking cap on. <laughs> you know, what is a superhero? Right. Does it involve super strength, the mm. ability to fly, to turn invisible? Nay, nay. I say to be a superhero is to put yourself above yourself for other people's needs. Oh, beautiful. And for the good of humanity. Thank you. Thank you. Tip your waitresses. Uh, yes, this is a superhero book in a sense. Yeah. Um, it uh, it was an interesting read because you really don't know what's happening uh-huh. because it, it opens with this. You you think he's talking to himself in the woods, walking around, and he kills this robot, and then he <laughs> finds the environmentalist. It, like you're definitely just like plopped into the middle of yeah his story a world in, mm-hmm. in his story yeah. Um, but the artwork. Really drew me in yep. from the get-go. Totally. I think it's pretty original. I enjoyed the first issue. It was engaging. I don't know that it had what I need to bring me back necessarily. Like, his letter at the end certainly helped for me to say, okay, like, he's very passionate about this. I want to support those sort of things. But the originality of the concept, it got me through a first issue. This could have been a one-shot, and I could have been happy with it. It almost ended like it was a one shot. Kind of did, didn't it? Like there's there's a certain resolution you get at the end of the issue when you realize he buys into this idea of being a figurehead for this um, environmental thing and and standing up for what he believes is right, even though a lot of people around him are, are telling him you don't want to be used. Hey, you're retired. You're out of the game. I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger. Not all first issues necessarily need a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. No knock on the book and no. how it was written, but. I just don't know that it's something to stick with. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of agree with you, and I wonder if that is kind of the message he was going with for Frontiersman. I mean, the message well, he was trying to relay was not every book needs big, powerful, like sugary moments that the big two always do sure. to tell a good story. And maybe he was trying to demonstrate that with this book of just like, this is a very extraordinary man doing. You know, an extraordinary thing, but nothing like saving the planet from an alien invasion. He right. was doing something 
very capable that any of us could do. Maybe we, we could go try to mm-hmm. save Redwoods. Yeah. And maybe he was trying to illustrate that just because I don't wear a cape or a mask doesn't mean I can't be a quote-unquote superhero. Right. Do you know if this is a limited run or is it he's going to go ongoing? The spirit of the letter he had in the back seemed like this was the intention was to go as long as they could with this. Well, with that, may the spirit live on. Yes. And may you have many, many more issues. I wonder if this, like, each issue is going to be like a self-contained thing. Because this really did feel self-contained mm-hmm. at the end of this issue. Yep. So if that is the case, I do think that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And keep up with that. The novelty of the guy's outfit in the cover oh, is great. Worth it enough. <laughs> and hopefully we get to meet more of his uh, fellow superhero brethren as the series goes on yeah it's fun it was funny to meet the one guy we did uh-huh who was like a professor now or a professor <laughs> right and they're just like chopping it up yeah. shooting the shit kind of reminiscing <laughs> you haven't made tenure but yet so casually yeah it is almost a funny commentary on the continuity question you feel handcuffed by these characters who've been around forever but in this case you're creating a character who's now an old man and you're not handcuffed at all because he's he's you know, your an original character yeah. right so you can do whatever you want with the continuity before we get into the next book speaking of continuity and yeah. just a muddy old mess that nick spencer spider-man story yeah did you guys talk about it already we didn't talk about that um, just because it was, I think, a really hard conversation to have on the podcast without, like... Really getting into it? Yeah, chopping up, like, what exact avenues and storylines he was referencing. And when I don't understand it that well, it's hard to discuss it and translate it. Right. Because I, I sent you <laughs> the Twitter feed of the guy who basically has a doctorate in Spider-Man. I loved going through that feed. It and was fantastic. And that dude had like receipts for everything and it was crazy to read. Yes. And I don't know if I think Nick Spencer is crazy or a genius. Right. Because he wrapped up what? 20 to 30 years of Spider-Man <laughs> backstories. Loose hanging threads. Oh yeah, yo yo yo. Yeah. One of the linchpins of it was understanding that these two very negligible characters who uh-huh. were introduced in um a low popularity storyline like 100 or more issues back remembering that they even existed in the first place. And I didn't remember that. And I've been reading Spider-Man for like 20 plus years. God, forever. (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, is there a clone of so-and-so still out there? It was something with like Osborne. And Gwen Stacy. Tricked a clone of Gwen Stacy into thinking she was pregnant with his baby. And then someone made twins. Yeah. And she was never actually pregnant. And those twins ended up being um, characters that grew up somewhere along the line. And I thought they just disappeared into nowhere. But apparently they're hanging out still. No one disappears in comic books. <laughs> and when, you know, you turn the page and get the reveal of like, oh, it was these twins. You're like, what? <laughs> and maybe there is some Spider-Man fans out there who are like, whoa, holy shit, that's awesome. But I have not talked to many. There's like one guy in his mom's basement just like, holy shit. Yeah. It's certainly a skill Nick Spencer has. And bravo for doing what you do in that arena. Yeah. But as as far as... <laughs> a casual Spider-Man book? Yeah, the comics I want to read and like what I'm able to maintain in, in my brain, I it was really rough for me. It was really rough for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for 
75 to start with a new writing team. And uh, yeah, I love Kelly Thompson and Zeb Wells, and Kelly Thompson does a great job with most black, characters she's well, given. Well, most characters she's given, but especially like Black Widow and creating um, stakes without wrapping in tons of continuity and just telling like a really small story. So um, that, you know, can unfold and feel big and feel like an event um, when it needs to. So yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for a fresh take on it. Nick Spencer's written Spider Man for 75 issues. Yeah. Um, what, five years, <laughs> it seems. Um, it was. Less? Four, four, because we covered the number one. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, because uh, Ryan Otley was kicking off artwork, and yep. we were jazzed about that. Yep, and, and then I mean, he's written tons of tie-ins too. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he's written since he started Amazing Spider-Man a hundred plus issues mm-hmm. with tie-ins in the main line and all that, which is a feat. Yeah, so he deserves a rest, and uh, I, I just wanted to talk to you that about that because when I was reading all that information about the. The book, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad I dipped out of that book because it was, I, I couldn't emotionally connect with Spider-Man or Peter Parker Yeah, in his run, and that's when I was just like, this is, book is not for me anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know if uh, the people listening who have been collecting comics forever kind of feel like you just have to keep buying it because it's something you've bought since you were a kid, mm-hmm. and it's like weird to like be missing just issues. Yeah. 785 through <laughs> well that was through like 850 yeah, that it's was like, me and hellboy yeah i have every hellboy and like bprd issue because i've been collecting it forever right and like new issues came out and it's just like i, I have to get these yeah. i mean they keep right. coming out uh-huh so i i understand the method and the, yep. the madness of it all right but, but old mike's coming back you gotta be pretty stoked we covered that last week me and budget king what's that mignola is actually going to be writing a, uh, and illustrating, Hellboy, uh, yeah, a Hellboy yeah. universe book. Yeah, so get prepared for that because yeah. the king is back. <laughs> All right, do you want to get into our next book? Yes, I do. From Artie Bonnie and Werther Deladera, you may recognize that name from Something Is Killing the Children. Mm-hmm. You do the art on that book. Yes, he who fights with monsters from a blaze. This must be something that Deladera does. Likes those full sentence. <laughs> He who fights with monsters. He who fights with monsters on a Tuesday, but not on Thursday. Definitely has a something is killing the children title vibe. Even the cover, color-wise, you know, placement of the character, you get the feel of something's killing the children. Yeah, that's, that's their style. This book, obviously, a lot of hype because of that. You know, collectors want their hands on it because... You never know. This person's attached to something is killing the children, which has been a phenomenon, and tons of covers for it, which is a little atypical for an Ablaze release. A lot of shops ordered this when you don't typically see tons of stacks of copies of an Ablaze book at an LCS. So I guess cool to see some of these smaller publishers get bigger names now and more orders be made. Um, But... Ultimately, this book is a period piece. It is, which is a good thing. Budget King isn't here. Um, This one specifically is about Nazi Germany, Mm -hmm. Jews in hiding. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I love stories like this, but they're very heavy, right? You're not going to have many, like, Nazi Germany books that are an easy light. (laughs) No, there's no Jojo Rabbit, you know, (laughs) uh, comic book. For World War Two, right at the moment, yeah. Um, I thought this book was, you know, interesting. It starts 
post World War II, mm-hmm. and then jumps back I think in time. Russia, right? Yeah, yeah. And then jumps back in time to like during World War II mm-hmm. when Nazis were invading this town. Uh, there's some mythology discussed, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the story's gonna go with um, the. Uh, Jewish mythology of the golem. So there may at some point be some fantastical elements in this. I think there's going to be. Yeah. I, the, if I could put it into one word, I was intrigued with this book. Mm-hmm. It was definitely intriguing. Yeah. And that's what's going to lead me into issue two and three, just uh-huh. to see how it spills out. Yeah. I agree with you on the World, World War II take. It is a unique part of our history that for whatever reason we need to keep reminding ourselves that we can't let this happen again because yeah. uh, every once in a decade you go oh shit it's happening again <laughs> this yeah has sense familiar to something i you know remember reading <laughs> about so, in history class and i i recently had this moment because uh not to bring it on down the podcast but the 9-11 anniversary was 20 uh-huh. years ago yeah and that floored me that it's been 20 years. That was fucking crazy. Because yeah. I rem- remember that day so vividly. Right. I was a, what, a f- sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And that day, I-, I will never forget. And so whenever I'm just like, oh, man, another World War II you know, period piece, I'm just like, do we need to keep reminding ourselves? And I'm just like, oh, shit, we do. Because yeah. like it's just a, a history always repeats itself in like, this book is really steeped in some history and some fantastical things. And I think a blaze may have a potential heater on its hands. Well, like you were saying, if this really goes into a more sci-fi realm, mm-hmm. it, it would have been great to get more of a hint of that. Like our stinger at the end of this was that our lead is in love with a woman who is a maid for Nazis. Yeah. On the inside, mm-hmm. working for the enemy, yeah, um, to make ends meet, and she's you know in love with a Jewish man. So, th- I mean, that's got me intrigued, mm-hmm. and it's a story that's like really brought down to earth and feels like <laughs> definitely p- could have been something that happened. Oh, for sure. Uh, the one thing that kind of made me chuckle about this was <laughs> the story starts with. Someone being kind of kind and saying, you know, I'm going to be better than the Germans were to me and showing some like kindness to a German family who was just like trying to get home. Yeah. And a mysterious puppeteer sees that man showing some kindness yeah, and pulls him aside and is like, I'd like to tell you a tale. And the guy's like, oh, I don't have any change to give you. And he's like, no, this one's on the house. I want to do this for you. Yeah. And he starts this puppet show to tell this true story, which is the story we end up reading. Mm -hmm. And the story we end up reading is so intense with, like, so many crazy things happening (laughs) into it. Throughout the – like, I should have forgot about the puppet show, and it would have been, like, so easy to enjoy. But I just kept thinking, what the fuck are the puppets doing right now to, like, convey this scene? Like, this is fucking nuts. The guy has, like, eight puppets This up. guy, yeah, He's has, like, like, eight puppets that are, like, having these, like, intense conversations. And this dude is just, like, standing there by himself watching this. <laughs> Like, what? Are we going to go back to the puppeteer? Just wrapped in string. At any point? Like, I feel like 20 issues from now, 
you will have completely forgotten about the puppeteer, and then it's going to go back, and the guy watching the puppet show is going to be like, holy shit, man, that is the best puppet show I've ever fucking seen. You are, like, really good. <laughs> this is, that is another level of puppeteering. I had every intention of killing you, but that was magnificent. And it's almost like, it kind of did have, like, this weird, like, crypt keeper, like, uh-huh. Vibe to it, just like let me tell you a tale, and then like you throw yes. some sand in the fire, and boom, the story starts. And then at one point, there's an old man in the story that's giving that is also like, Well, let me invite you in to tell you a tale, and then they flash. So it's a story into, within a story, yeah. And then they flat, they accept into another <laughs> like tale. That I was like, this puppet show is just out of fucking control. So there's like a puppet in bed, yeah. and then somehow another puppeteer comes out to and do a like, puppet show inside the head. Doing the Wayne's World thing to like change the scene. Holy shit. That was funny to me. That is hilarious. I just had a hard time wrapping my head around like, why that for... You have to imagine the puppet show guy is either someone from the story we're listening to now, could be, right. Or like um, some kind of mystic character that has helped them. It, there's definitely some otherworldly, fantastical stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Is our puppeteer going to end up being the golem? Could be. Yeah. You never know. Well, I think that's a podcast. That is a podcast. It was a great podcast. We covered two great books, drank some great Boulevard beer from our friends at Boulevard Brewing Company. And we're better for it. I'm better now than I was, how what, 30 minutes ago when we started this. Yep. Probably 45. We had our veggies. Thanks, Ablaze and Image Comics. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, Delicious st- comics. Steamed carrots. And what's the other book? I'm calling uh, He Who Fights with Monsters Steamed Carrots. If you had to put a vegetable with Frontiersmen. Oh, it's like a root vegetable. So like a beet or something. Okay, perfect. I love it. Yeah, or like a potato. Okay. All right. Frontiersmen, you're a potato. Goodbye. (laughs) First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.